Welcome to Listen in Worship from St Michael's and St Mary's Churches for Sunday the 18th of October, the 19th Sunday after Trinity. Our sermon this morning is by uh, Keith, our reader. And do stay on and listen to, to the hymn by James and Miriam afterwards. Good morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, give us open ears, open minds and open hearts to hear, to receive and to respond to your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. A friend reminded me that 40 years ago, just last week, we met as freshers at university. Really was a lifetime ago. Frankie Goes to Hollywood was in the charts singing When Two Tribes Go to War. And that song reflected the futility of the Cold War, or indeed any conflict which saw groups polarised into opposing sides. That song has been in my mind as I pondered today's gospel reading from Matthew. In it, we find Jesus, now in Jerusalem, coming into opposition with groups of opponents, different tribes, if you like. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, all attempt to sow conflict and disunity. Goading Jesus to say something, something that would set him against the Jewish authorities, hoping perhaps his response would bring retribution from the Roman authorities. And so the Herodians join forces with the Pharisees, two groups which hardly saw eye to eye together. But they were prepared to act together against Jesus. Their question is specific. They ask him, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor? If Jesus responds with a yes, he will, of course, incur the displeasure of the Jewish groups. But by saying no to paying taxes, Jesus would be set on a collision course with the authorities, seen as a political agitator stirring unrest in Roman Palestine. Yes or no. Either answer by Jesus would anger one group or tribe in occupied Palestine. Jesus, of course, recognises the malice that lies behind their question, and he recognises the trap being set for him. And so Jesus's answer fails to provide the ammunition his enemies are expecting. But at the same time, Jesus lays down very clear expectations about God's kingdom. And so Jesus asks his inquisitors, show me the coin 
used for the tax. They brought him a denarius, the coin's value roughly the amount required for each year's tax. And in my mind's eye, I can see Jesus holding the coin, turning it, running it through his fingers, turning it over. Finally, he answers their question with another. Whose head is this? It was, of course, the emperor's. Jesus says, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. Jesus was refusing to add fuel to the fires of tribalism, which were making Palestine a hotbed of unrest. Jesus' answer lifts the whole scenario above the hatred and the fear, the tribalism, which was tearing Palestine apart. Jesus was therefore not fomenting opposition against the Jewish authorities, nor raising a banner of rebellion against Caesar. However, he was quietly but firmly reframing their question. God is placed front and centre in Jesus' response. As he says, give to God the things which are God's. What matters most, Jesus explains, is our relationship with God. How much we are prepared to open ourselves to him. How freely our hands work for him in caring for the sick, the oppressed, the lonely. How open is your heart to God? That is the question which Jesus directs at his accusers. And as we read in verse 22, when they heard this, they were amazed, left him and went away. Jesus had not answered as they wanted nor expected. But Jesus wasn't ducking the argument. He wasn't opting for an easy answer. His answer, based on non-violence, but deeply challenging. And it requires us to reflect. How much do we open our hearts to God? The theologian Walter Wink gives other examples of Jesus responding in a similar way to those who question him. And with each answer, Wink, Wink realises that Jesus seeks to avoid tribal division and his response stands firmly on the bedrock of God's word and God's love. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells his followers... If someone forces you to go one mile, go two with him. Wink has framed this in the context of Roman soldiers who in occupied Palestine could order someone to carry their equipment for a whole mile. Like the rule about taxation, this rule 
was also from Caesar. And similarly, Jesus does not advise breaking the law. But instead, in this instance, suggests going a second mile, carrying the soldier's pack. Now, this wasn't a response which demonstrated weakness. It was illegal for a soldier to allow a second mile of assistance. And suddenly, in Jesus's reframed answer, the oppressed person carrying the pack for the first mile holds the upper hand. The oppressor has to back down, refuse to allow the person to walk that second mile with him. And as Walter Wink suggests, the rules are Caesar's. But how one responds to the rules, that is God's. And Caesar has no power over that. Responding to Caesar's tax demand is one thing, but how you respond to God is something altogether more significant and more important. I wonder how that resonates today. Tribalism is still very much a part of our society. Today, you have to be for something whether it's Brexit, vaccination, anti-vaccination, Trump or Biden, the list is endless. Our society is increasingly polarised and increasingly tribal. Pick sides, stick to them. Anyone who disagrees with you is wrong. Our reading today makes clear Jesus understands and he laments the tribalism which exists across the world. Perhaps more than ever before as church, as Christians, we are being called to put God at the centre of these issues. To see the issues through the prism of his love and then to respond to that world by being purveyors of his hope and his love. Amen. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to thee Take my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hand.
and let me sing always only for my king take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thank you.